0: You are listening to the Packer Net Podcast Network. Lays it up for three minutes. What a catch! That's streak. insane. Edward did he cave in the catch? That may be one of the great
1: ever made. He did what? Welcome back to Packer Net. JJ Leahy, Ryan Schlip, and Jake Shvink. Uh, Guys, today we are going to do our official 53-man roster projections. I think it's it's safe and fair for us to reserve the right to make little tweaks after the third and final preseason game because injuries happen. You can make one final adjustment after that game, but we are not going to do another episode of this podcast before cutdown day, so it's now or never. Um, so we titled the episode last week, Packernet derailed, because we don't have a name for whatever this show is, (laughs) but we had uh, just a blast (laughs) doing this last week because we had had to record it live with viewers. I know that sounds made up, but we were too cheap to go with any (laughs) software that would let us record without streaming live. So we said, all right, well, I guess people are going to hop in if they want to. We already got uh, Nate Great in here. So if you guys have ideas for what the heck we should call this show, again, we're just temporarily calling it Packernet Derailed. We're going to try and do a better job tonight of paying attention to what the heck we're talking about (laughs) instead of just reading all of uh, Goose's genius idiot distracting <laughs> remarks <laughs>
2: no all promises right. at all though no I absolutely cannot
1: okay guys uh, I got a little fun thing that I was <clears throat> I came across today and I wanted to pick your brain on, on a couple of names here uh, Ty Montgomery a good draft pick or a bust. <laughs> He was taken in the third round in 2015. Wait, what? 15. Ty Montgomery. is um, like a trick big,
2: question. Was was he a good draft pick or was he a bust? Oh, I, know, I know what my mind and gut both think, but it feels like a trick question. I agree with Ryan. I I'll, I'll I'll just walk into it and say he's a bust.
3: He's a bust?
2: Sure. Jake,
1: you think he's a bust?
2: I would think so. Other than that like one, what was it, like six, seven game stretch? where he started carrying the ball and everybody got really wild by the magic of him, you know, being a ball carrier in the backfield. Right. After that, that honeymoon phase. No. is he like the highest graded on PFF or something.
1: No, we're going <laughs> a totally different direction. I promise. Okay. All right. Okay. <laughs> Here's another name right. for you. Yeah. Was this guy a good draft pick or a bust? Morgan Burnett.
2: Good. Yes. Yeah. I'm in.
1: Okay. So Morgan Burnett was a 2010 third-round pick. He was the last good third-round pick the Packers have had. Yep. So 2011, they took Alex Green. He played like two years for Green Bay, one year somewhere else, and that was it. 2012 and 2013, the Packers did not take a third-round pick. In 2012, the next pick that they took, which was their fourth-round pick, was Mike Daniels. 2013, in the fourth round, they took JC Treader. 2014, they took Richard Rogers, and you got one great game out of him. Ew. You also took Kyrie Thornton in 2014. Then we had Ty Montgomery in 2015. Kyler Kyler Fackrell, Montrevious Adams, Oren Burks, and then the Gutikovs era. So. I just thought that was wild because we we talk about, like, Gutekunst's third-round picks. I didn't realize that it went all the way back through 2011. So yep 2010, you had Morgan Burnett. We all three of us think he was a good pick. 2009, there was no third-round pick. You took TJ Lang immediately after in the fourth round. This is kind of wild. And then prior to that, you had a couple of hits. You had Jermichael Finley in 2008 and James Jones in 2007. But at this point, I mean, since – 2011, I mean, TBD on Tucker Craft, and uh, it's not looking good for Josiah, but, I mean, at this point, it sure seems like the curse is, what is that, like 9-0, 11-0, something like that, <laughs> through that curse stretch? Is is, I just yeah, don't know was... why we're still taking third-round picks when we have all this evidence, <laughs> too, that when you skip the third round and just go straight to the fourth round, you get a stud. I mean...
2: Tom and Dobbs in the fourth. Why would you not be swinging more in the fourth? All I'm gonna say, the Ravens, uh, what was it? It was twenty twenty-two, I think they had like five fourth round picks. It's like maybe just maybe just move back there and take take a lot of fourth rounders because it seems to be like those hit. I was How gonna many? say I was gonna say, oh, maybe you know it's tight end in the third round because you said Finley, but that's that's incorrect. D'AGuara and Sternberger were both third round picks. And that Richard Rogers. Yeah, that doesn't work very well. Um they seem to do it a lot though.
1: I mean, Tucker Craft has to be doomed, right? He's a third rounder and a tight end.
2: Yeah, I, you know, yeah, it's it my. Well, it. I,
3: I said if anybody's going to break the curse, it's Tucker Craft, and so far, uh, actually, I kind of said that about Sean Ryan too, because I was like, hey, it it's Sean offensive Ryan. line, offensive line, <sighs> yeah. mid round, like this is this has got to be the one, it's and the then that that one, that one force crashed hard. Object. Yeah, exactly, and then you get then you get this guy. It's like, all right, maybe he's the guy, and I don't. I mean, we'll see, but. I, I think I think we need to start seriously realizing that this isn't just superstition like something this is real and um we need to legitimately start trading this just ever you just do it.
2: And I wish Kenneth I had... by the
3: way would like to know what we're all doing here. He just <laughs> he just barged into the room and was like, "What are you what is <laughs> happening here?" <laughs> Sorry to have disturbed you Kenneth. We're just talking about the 53 man roster. You don't have to be here if you don't want to. Uh, <laughs> you guys yeah, want to get uh, get I, really liked, on our...
2: I was gonna Go say ahead. I've really liked the last two third round picks. I need to stop this. I need to stop doing that. <laughs> <laughs> I need to get off the train immediately when it happens. I
1: wish I had pulled up Goody's quote, uh, but he was asked earlier this year. One of the beat writers finally asked him, "What the heck is going on with their strategy in the third round? And do they need to adjust something?" And his answer was more or less like. Yeah, we've started to notice that ourselves and maybe we should make some tweaks, but also we like our process. So that's
2: Started. Um my <laughs> the only explanation is it's Friday night, you know, they make the second round picks, they're having a good time, the spotted cows flowing, and then, you know, by the yeah. third round they're like, Oh shoot, we're still on the clock. This is <laughs> Right. Round three doesn't start on Saturday. This is uh uh what we, uh uh what do we do? Pick that guy. Okay. And that's, that's Amari
1: Rogers was the one who was like supposed to break it because he was gonna be a second round pick, right. and they tried to trade up into the second round and couldn't grab him.
3: We've had like he four did. years of, of thinking we had a loophole on that third round pick, and so far, nothing. Yeah. Okay, and let's get into our fifty. 50- <laughs> I'll just say th- this says it all from Nate the Great. I forgot about Sean Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> like literally, we just drafted him and year. we forgot. <laughs> that says everything you need to last know. Year, uh, but like, that's not even just a Nate thing.
1: That's an all of us thing,
3: right? Exactly. Literally, forgot about him as an option. Yeah. I
1: I think it's interesting when you know we're talking about all the sort of uh, depth guys and um, you know talking about all these offensive linemen that we get in the late rounds. And then you kind of just lump Sean Ryan in there too, like he's you know one of those late guys who maybe he'll turn into something at some point. It's like, dude, this is a top one hundred player. He should be a stud, and he's really not been so far. Yep, just just always the case with our third rounders. Okay. <clears throat> Which begs the question: like, how many third rounders are going to end up on our fifty three man projection tonight? <laughs>
0: you kind of kind of get a
1: if you are if you are a current year third rounder, I mean, you really got to screw up to not make the fifty three.
2: Third rounders or UDFA's? Which one, which one's got more on on the fifty three? All
1: right, let's let's jump into this. Quarterback? Does anybody think we're keeping Alex Magoo on the fifty three? No, no. We think we're bringing anybody in. It's Jordan Love and Sean Clifford.
2: I think that's All it. Right. Yeah, unless somebody gets hurt and they need to bring in like Josh Johnson to be on his fourteenth team in the league, like. <laughs> I think we I think I think two makes sense. All right. Now is
1: when the podcast can actually begin. Now we have positions <laughs> that actually have some conversation. So Ryan, take it away with running back who you got and how many.
3: Um I have three and I have Aaron Jones, AJ Dillon, and Patrick Taylor. Um I've talked about it a lot on the podcast, but I'm just not I'm not moved by the fan base's pleas of Emmanuel Wilson because I haven't heard anybody articulate what I've been asking for, which is stop talking about running and tell me why he should be on the team. And I don't think anybody can make that case because that's what we're looking for in a a number three running back and all those things he hasn't done. So uh, I think we stash him and no, I don't think he's going to get picked up. I think we're going to be able to stash him just fine. The only kind of argument that I think is maybe somewhat persuading is we're only going to keep two, but I'm just going to stick with the 3 for now and say it's Patrick Taylor's the guy.
1: Jake, do you have Patrick Taylor on your 53?
2: I do. Um I I I think this morning when I was going through it too and and like before kind of the last minute scramble of figuring out, you know, who 52 and 53 are going to be, I was like, I just feel like they're probably just going to keep 2 because I don't think they're I don't think they're blown away by Patrick Taylor. I don't think another team's going to pick up Patrick Taylor. I think if you think the same about Emmanuel Wilson and, and obviously Goodson and, and Lou Nichols, like I just don't imagine if they're, if they're trying to squeeze and we're going to get to it, the defensive line, which is just absolute n- a nutcase trying to corral, you know, a reasonable number into that. I think there's a chance it's two. I put Taylor on there as the third back. But I could easily see them just, just rolling with Jones and Dylan again because I think they feel confident in, in any of them to stay on the practice squad and you know can elevate when necessary. I struggle with this one obviously as well. Um I
1: think I have kind of come down on the Emmanuel Wilson side because I just don't think Patrick Taylor provides anything. I I just don't think he's that good of a blocker or that good of a receiver. He is on special teams uh, a decent amount. He's kind of one of the higher guys on special teams, but his special teams grades this preseason were bad. Um, not awful, but they were bad. Last year, he was bad on special teams a lot of weeks. He had a couple of elite games on special teams. So, you know, there, there is an argument to be made for putting him on there. Um, and I, for a while, I just had two running backs on there. But they really always keep three. Now, they didn't last year, but they had the uh, Kylan Hill situation where he was on pup and they felt confident he was coming back pretty soon. And they knew that um, Tyler Goodson and Patrick Taylor were totally safe to stash on the practice squad or you could pick up some street guy. I think they just they felt comfortable enough with the non Kylan Hill option. And we have the expanded practice squad rules. I just, I still just don't think that they're going to keep two because they just don't ever. Um, And for me, for Emmanuel Wilson, I'm interested to see what he does in the third preseason game. What pushed him over the edge for me was I thought he got opportunities really quickly in this game. He was on the field before Patrick Taylor was his first snap on the field. uh, I think he had a reception on that. Um, had nice picked up a nice block from Tay Wicks and got positive yardage on it, <clears throat> and he had uh, opportunities in pass pro. I thought he did well. I think that they're giving him opportunities. Matt Lafleur talked um, kind of in in detail, sort of unprompted, about Emmanuel Wilson after the second preseason game, talking about uh, that Wilson needs to condition his body better, that he's not quite in you know NFL shape yet talking about some areas where he wanted to see improvement. And a lot of people immediately took that as like, you know, kind of the nail in the coffin for Wilson. I don't see it that way, but I do think that it indicates he probably isn't on the 53. But what I heard was, this is the guy that they want to keep in the program for a while. This is the guy that the floor really wants to invest in. He doesn't tend to talk that way about guys who he's about to kick to the curb. Um, I think that he wants to keep Wilson around for a little bit. I, I guess I'm just kind of torn down the middle. I don't think anybody else besides Wilson or Taylor has made any kind of a case for being on the roster. And I lean Wilson a little bit more than Taylor, but you know, if if LaFleur just feels more confident that Taylor is that dependable, you know, guy that you can just lean on if you're missing one of your other backs, it makes sense to make him the RB three. So uh it's it's this is a tough one for me. It's one of the harder positions on offense.
3: One of the when you say that he's had a lot of these opportunities, are you talking like training camp? I'm talking about in the second preseason game.
1: Because what I'm
3: what I'm seeing is two snaps on special teams, one pass blocking rep and two receptions.
1: So we got. Of course, I don't have it pulled up.
3: Yeah, I just I had to look because I was like, I thought it was low unless I'm not seeing it. But I'm seeing preseason 2023 Emmanuel Wilson, two snaps. He played
1: twenty. He played twenty. So PFF says in preseason week two that he played twenty five snaps in the backfield on offense, right, and two out wide. So he had they they had two two on special teams. I th- I think Patrick Taylor was the guy I said ha- has played a lot of special teams, not in okay. Wilson, but that Wilson was getting up looks early on right. offense. He played he played on offense before Patrick Taylor did. And his first rep on offense was a reception, right? And then I thought he held up well um, on the past pro rep that I that I saw.
3: Yeah. All right. I was just wondering because I, I I was like I might have to change my tune if they're playing him a bunch on special teams, but I, I don't think that they are yet. And, and like, I think we talked about this last time. We'll mm-hmm. see what they do in the third game if they start to ramp that up or not.
1: Yeah, he just had just just the one pass block rep, and I, yeah, nothing that he did on special teams stood out to me at all. But he did grade out positively in all areas on offense. Um, Mm. He had a 73.4 overall grade, which I think is fine to follow up his 93.5 in the first week. I wasn't mad that it dropped down that much. Um, because I thought that there was, you know, still good grades across the board and it was the it was the rushing grade that was the big difference between week 1 and week 2. You know, he came down from 93.2 in week 1 to a 72.2 in week 2, but he had that pass blocking rep and he had the the passing grade, you know, his receiving grade went up from a 55.3 to a 65 from week 1 to week 2. So I I overall saw it as even though the overall grade was lower, I still saw it as as positive movement for wilson from week one to week two and especially given the fact the opportunity that he was given in that game by the coaching staff i I saw that as a positive that he had earned in week one
2: yep did have more yards after contact per attempt in week two um (laughs) always a good thing that that big stiff arm the contact balance is obviously a big draw for him too yeah and just watching him bowl through guys and and stay composed and balanced when everything around him is chaos is is really good and that's that's really one of the major things you ask for out of a back. Taylor's 21 snaps on special teams. I just this for some reason they it seems like they have some attachment to Patrick Taylor. Yeah,
3: that's and that's that's, how uh, that's I feel. the like, weird he's, thing. He's very low on my list if it was up to me. Yeah. Like I, I mean agree. Tyler Goodson, Lou Nichols and Emmanuel Wilson would all be higher. I know the two of them are hurt, but but uh, I, all this is is they seem to really like Patrick Taylor, and I don't get it. But it is what it is. Yeah,
1: Matt Lafleur has talked at length in the past, more so last year, about Patrick Taylor's intelligence that he thinks Patrick Taylor is one of those really smart players, and no. you know, maybe that's one of the things that he likes about him. Is they, I, I, I would think probably to Matt Lafleur when he is praising a player's intelligence, <clears throat> probably what he's, you know. What that's code for is like his grasp of what we're doing. You know, you know the playbook, you know what's expected of you. I don't have to worry about whether you're going to do your job. You know what your job is, and I don't have to babysit you.
3: He's Dean Lowry.
1: Yeah, that's that's a great comparison. Absolutely. Jake at wide receiver, uh, Christian Watson, Romeo Dobbs, Jaden Reed. I have to imagine locks for all three of us. After that is maybe where it gets a little bit interesting. Who do you have at wide receiver?
2: Yeah, so I kind of feel like I've maybe gone more of what my route's going to be than maybe what Green Bay's going to do. I, it's just hard to say, but we were talking before we started that they love to keep draft picks, and I think we're going to probably talk about it. at least one of them uh, way down the line. I actually didn't keep DuBose. I don't know if either of you did. I went with six. I think it's obviously Watson, Dobbs, Reed. I think it's Wicks, Toure, and Heath. The reason I think Heath sticks and we're having a bigger conversation about Heath than maybe we are about Emmanuel Wilson is I just feel like Heath is bringing things that the offense needs and then things that the offense um, requires that he's bringing what it requires in that if you're on the field, you're expected to block your butt off. And he does that. I think we've, we've kind of seen, I think wicks do that at, at a pretty high level as well. Obviously he's making it, but for Heath, it's, I think it's very important that, that he showed that. And I feel like the body type, and skill set is, I think, slightly tweaked from kind of other guys on the roster. He maybe profiles more like like Dobbs than anyone else. He doesn't have like the, the overwhelming speed of Watson and and Touré, or you know this the, the excellent suddenness and and the twitch that Reed has. And and Wicks is kind of you can kind of mesh it all together. But like man, the guy just like he pretty much catches everything thrown his way. Uh, I. I'm just kind of thrilled with how simple he keeps it when he's running routes. It's not like overly complicated, uh, but he does, he's he's pretty technically sound when he has to be. So I know PFF doesn't love the run block grades. I know they're in like the 50s. He doesn't seem like he's out of position uh, when when he's run blocking. So and like I said, I think the big bodies they they like guys like this who are six two and two thirteen. I know Bo Melton is a special teamer. And he's really good at that. I just feel like they still got Touré in the back pocket. I don't see why Wicks wouldn't uh, be able to start kind of contributing in that area as well. Uh, He feels like a guy who who can kind of buy into it. He's bought into the run-blocking state of things. Uh, Wasn't that good in touchdown against Cincinnati. So I feel like if you have Touré and Wicks pretty bought in on special teams, I feel like those six are really the best right now that this offense um, can put out on the field. And yeah, I don't know. There's something, there's just something about Malik Heath that kind of just draws you in. And like I said, I think he, he's bringing that desire uh, to want to be out there run blocking. He's just, like I said, catching everything thrown his way. I wish my name was displayed when I entered the restream. Uh, <laughs> when we started, I put Malik, <laughs> Heath stand in parentheses. Uh, there you yeah. Go. I'm just all in. I, I went back and looked at, there it is. Uh, some Mississippi <laughs> film after, you know, people like I, hey, you don't see him as much maybe when you're watching Mingo, but he's making plays too. Uh, I should go grab some of his college stats while I let you guys. Uh,
1: <laughs> Ryan,
2: who do you have for wide receiver?
3: Yeah. So I got the same and a lot of the same um, rationale, Watson, Dobbs, Reed, Turay, Wicks and Heath. Um, I think that the two that kind of stand out. Uh, so I'll start with this. Samori Turay for me was basically a lock until like an hour ago. I, um, I did the call-in show. I had two different people call in and ask, is it possible that he's kind of floating on the edge? And the, the evidence that they brought was basically, look at what happened to Amari Rogers. He had lost his usefulness as a wide receiver, and what did they do? They forced him on special teams, and they tried to make him into a kick returner. What happened in this last preseason game? He was a pure, He was punt and kick return, and the whole thing with Amari was as soon as you lose that job, you lose your job. So I don't think he's going to be off this year, but I I do think it's something to keep an eye on in terms of, like, we're really trying to find a spot for you so that at some point, you know, I mean, because I I think it's safe to say that, I mean, Tay Wicks, regardless of where he is, I think they see his ceiling as being sky high. They really like Tay Wicks. And, yeah, Malik Heath, I mean, the the big question I have with him is, am I just buying into the hype? Am I being kind of silly for just smashing him in there? But, I mean, the the guy – Kind of similar to Patrick Taylor, it seems like he just understands what he's supposed to be doing. He he understands his role in the blocking. He's got all the routes down. He's going up and getting those 50-50 balls. So I'm fairly comfortable with it. I do think it's kind of interesting to keep an eye on Ture. Like I said, I had him locked in at four. I don't think he's too far away from being at the bottom of this list. And then Grant DeBose, like it kind of makes sense. I could see him possibly making it. I think last year there were some some guys that kind of surprised me just because they were drafted, they made it. I didn't think they would. You know, Ford, for example, but um
1: Walker was one.
3: Yep. Yeah. But um I just I don't think so. I mean, for all the for all the exact opposite reasons, he's been hurt most of the time. I don't think he really has a good grasp of things. I don't think he's really necessary. I don't think he provides anything that we don't already have. And I think he's a pretty easy stash. So We could be surprised with Gutekunst doing Gutekunst things, but I'm I'm fairly comfortable with those six.
1: Yeah, I mean, the big question, obviously, is do they keep six wide receivers? And if they do, Malik Heath, Grant DuBose, Bo Melton are the only guys in the mix. Well, Malik Heath is the only healthy guy out of those three. Bo Melton didn't play in the second preseason game. Um, DuBose has really struggled to stay out there at all. Um, Samori Touré, to your special teams point, he also – has not been playing other special teams roles at all. Um, He's kind of only been a returner. He doesn't grade out very well at doing that. Um, I really, really didn't like what he did on offense last year at all. And they only let him play two snaps on special teams the entire year. And that came in that uh, uh, blowout um, Minnesota Vikings game. He got to play two special teams reps at the end of the season. That was it. I do like some of what he does on offense. He's kind of one of the only guys who impresses me in when it comes to the scramble drill. I think he freelances well and does a good job of getting open when things fall apart. And that's a, a critique that I've had of Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs. I don't think that they do that well at yeah. all. I'd like to see a lot of improvement from them there. I was just um, re-watching that stupid Cardinals playoff game where Rodgers had the... Um, to Hail Marys to Jeff Janis. And I was looking at Jeff Janis and I'm like, well, that's Touré right there. Like it's like the one thing that he does well. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm fine with keeping him on 53. I have him on my 53. I would, I guess prefer to keep him, but I also don't think that he adds very much. So if you, if you think that, you know, Grant Dubose is, is something that you want to keep looking at. And you're Brian Guggen's, I, I, I could see keeping him over Touré. I think that, um, you know, Touré and Heath are have been just getting a, an insane amount of playing time with that second team offense with Sean Clifford. I think they've done decent when they're out there. It makes a lot of sense. I have the exact same six guys at wide receiver that you guys do, and just huge questions about Grant Dubose and Bo Melton because we know we that they really liked Bo Melton. Um, I didn't think he played great in the first preseason game, and then he got hurt, and we haven't seen him since. But at that time, it, he kind of was, you know, ahead of Touré or like yeah. tied with Touré for wide receiver four. So I don't really know what to do there. But I think that Bull Melton and Grant Dubose are both, and Molly Keith, all three are guys that you could stash on the practice squad, I think, with a high degree of comfort if you wanted to. So um, to me, I'm, I'm looking at special teams and how much any of these guys are playing on special teams. And there's not a lot of contributions from any of these depth wide receivers on special teams, which is how like Malik Taylor made the roster a few years ago, 2020 Um, kind of surprising all of us, but he was that special teams monster. I'm kind of looking for that guy and I don't really see him. And so I'm kind of going with Malik Heath by default, but I sort of think that that sixth wide receiver spot is kind of anybody's to claim if they do decide to to keep Six wide receivers.
3: And I, the one thing I would say about Bo Melton, he kind of reminds me of Tyler Goodson a little bit from the running back side of things. Just in that, you know, when he's healthy, I think he's very likable to fans because he makes plays. He's real quick. He's real fast. He's got the measurables. But he doesn't have the measurables that the Packers like. He's he's not the prototype, similar to Goodson. He's not built like they like running backs. So he's he's got a – he seems to be discriminated against in a way in terms of, like, you have to be way better than – like I, I think I think Goodson's better than Taylor, but they like Taylor because he's built the way that they like and Goodson is not. So he needs to be a lot better. Same with Bo. He's got such a big mountain to climb because he's never gonna do what Malik Heath is doing and just muscling people out of bounds and stuff. So you have to right. be that much better as a route runner and all this stuff. And then you add to it that he's injured, and it's like there's just there's no way for me to to talk myself into Bo.
1: To be honest, the biggest reason that I did go ahead and put a sixth wide receiver on here is because even with doing that, I only have twenty-four guys on offense. Yeah, <laughs> I'm looking for twenty-five, so I. <laughs> it was kind of an a easy gimme, especially when I'm you know debating like, well, do they keep three running backs? Like, okay, I, I have to start putting some special teamers on some of these positions. So, um, yeah, I think by default it's Malik Heath, but. There's three names there that wouldn't shock me at all.
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah. All right, we are. I will say we are a long way removed from the Samori Touring in the best shape of his life. Oh, my gosh. You, you wouldn't <laughs> yeah. believe what Samori Touring is doing in camp, <laughs> in like the mini camps and stuff. Like, oh, my gosh. Year two is going to be nuts, To, I think I personally, I think you guys, it seems like you guys agree that Wix has clearly passed him already. Yeah. <laughs> um it looks it. It just looks way more natural for Wicks playing the game. Which I mean, the last two seasons at Virginia, I know it's been it was a big roller coaster of sorts. But yeah, it just looks more natural. Uh, so I, I just I wanted to see uh, Malik Heath stuff from from college. Uh, he had five hundred yard games, <laughs> by the way. Uh, and his best game as a run blocker. Bama eighty eight, nice. great against Bama as a run blocker. Nuts. I like that. I like that. So, so, yeah, uh, huge games uh, for him. Really an SEC think... play. Kentucky, LSU, Bama, Arkansas, and then Texas Tech in the bowl game were his 100-yard games. Wow. So no slouches uh, that he's going up really against and putting up those numbers. So.
1: I think my curse as a Packers commentator is that I'm just – I have like a sickness. I'm drawn to always – Go be the opposite of what everybody else is saying, and I've been like the the biggest Samori Torre hater for <laughs> you know a year and a half, and then I saw this preseason week two game, and I was like, huh, you know what? And 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 also I, I like what he did in the in the first preseason game. I was like, you know what? I see the value of his scramble drill. You know what? I'm putting him on my fifty three. I go to Twitter, and it's like. Okay, nope. Malik Heath just stole Samori Touré's job. Like it's over. Touré's done. I'm like, you guys were worshiping (laughs) Touré two weeks ago, and now that I finally like him, you guys are are bailing.
2: Come on. Yeah, the the train that train, ironically, got derailed uh, pretty quickly. There (laughs) There you go. So,
1: so we got a lot of bodies at wide receiver that we're trying to cram in there. Tight end is that is a barren. Cupboard, You got basically six bodies in the room now that they moved Dre Miller from wide receiver over to tight end. Uh, Fullback Henry Pearson, I thought, had two kind of horrible games in a row in the preseason. Um, I would, frankly, at this point, be pretty shocked if he made the 53. Um, Maybe I could see him on the practice squad, but that's about the most generous I could do for him. Truth be told, if we were not so thin in this room, I would be questioning Josiah DeGuara at this point. But we have basically just three tight ends. I mean, Austin Allen feels like a shoe-in at this point, which is crazy to say. But they can't only keep three tight ends, can they? (laughs) Ryan, take it away.
3: That's what I have right now. I, I I don't know. And the, the worst thing about it is they officially list Josiah as a fullback, which I know is is kind of just a terminology thing or whatever. But, I mean, legitimately, according to how they see it, they have two. So that makes it even less likely that they're going to stick with it. Um, And, and like I said before, I I feel the need to put someone on there. But I also, at the same time, if you were to ask me, is it going to be Austin Allen or somebody else? It's, it's like 50-50. So even if I wanted to add another, I would just put – to be determined or something because i just don't know and maybe i'm being unfair to austin allen but i don't know i mean that's that's one of the toughest ones because i feel like i should put somebody else there but i don't want to put austin allen and i can't just project nobody so I, I as of right now that is how i have it it's musgrave craft and aguara and and i'll have to go back and look at precedent a little bit more maybe you know that off the top of your head but i'm Actually, I'm, I, I'm rolling I with that for now
1: I have the numbers in front of me. The only year that they kept fewer than four bodies in the tight end fullback room was uh, since 2010 has been 2016. They kept three tight ends and zero fullbacks. Um, almost every single year is four tight ends. Occasionally they keep three and a fullback. And in 2015, they kept three tight ends and two fullbacks. But uh, it's it basically has always been... Uh, four guys total in that room so
3: all i needed was um, one year i'm good <laughs> just
2: <laughs> they're so saying there's a chance
3: <laughs> i thought they were gonna go
1: claim uh noah gindorf after the seahawks yeah. released him because he like kind of fit all the prototypical Heck packers God. tight end guys but Heck you God. know this is the second time this year that somebody I really wanted got cut and then just went unclaimed to the Packers, you know, (laughs) sitting there with an open roster spot and Goody's just, you know, playing solitaire on his computer or something. I don't know what he's doing. Jake, do you see any uh, different vision for the tight end or fullback room?
2: I think so. I think the reason I have four on mine is I think they, and I know, obviously, things can change. Plans obviously change with the Tyler Davis injury hurts some things. But I think the plan was yeah. to have four. Yeah. And I, I I think they understand, like, the. I think the initial plan obviously was to have, you know, Allen just head to that practice squad, have Davis and DeGuar be the quote-unquote vets in the room, which, yeah, it's still pretty young overall. But I think those two have the experience. And then you have the rooks there who are, you know, probably going to get on the field as much as they possibly can this year. Musgrave, obviously, especially he's been the number one, you know, the entire time. But that's why I just stuck to the plan that I think they have. And yeah, I'm gonna stick Alan on there. I agree. I think there's a chance that they might find somebody else that they like out there. Uh but also Alan, you know, big guy, six eight, you know, yeah. two fifty-three, something like that. And I mm-hmm. think has shown. More of probably the same ability as as Musgrave right? in terms of stretching the seam. I remember a little bit Nebraska had a big game against Wisconsin uh, in twenty twenty one had like 130, 140 yards receiving. I think you saw the big play threat he can be. And and you know they other than you know Dugua kind of they've they've always kind of opted for guys who are in that two fifty plus type of range. And it feels like Allen might you know they they think something of him. I, I think it feels like when when you lose somebody like davis if if the packers were you know concerned a little about the vision i feel like they would have gone and gotten somebody like howard but i think they're going to stick to their guns and would i would i keep allen Ugh, i probably not cuz i think there's there's nothing keeping him from being you know snatched by anybody in the practice squad but i do think they're going to make sure they have some insurance at uh, tight end on the game day roster
1: is super athletic dude, 8.81 RAS. Like you mentioned, six foot eight. He was the only guy in a very crowded tight end room at the beginning of the season that I circled as being any kind of interesting. Um, all the other bodies we had in the room, uh, it, you know, didn't interest me in the slightest. I it's, it is kind of crazy to me that we're down to the point where we have just five guys on the roster, Right now, in, in that whole room, and you know, just based on the preseason, I don't think Austin Allen or Henry Pearson have done themselves any favors in the games. But it seems like Allen has, I think, made a lot more waves in practice. From the notes that I've read, uh, seems like he's showing some 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 of the sort of stuff that you saw from Tyler Davis uh, last summer in practice that kind of made you think yeah, they might, they might keep around for a little while. I kind of think he's on the roster just by default. And, and also there's just not a lot of guys out there that you could go pick up in free agency right now. So they, they, the, the tough thing of course, is that I'm not really even sure what we have in Tucker craft. Like we got Luke Musgrave. We're not really sure we have anything in Deguara. We're not sure we have anything in craft. I mean, it's, I'm a Packer fan, so I'm used to not having tight ends, but I, I'm not used to not having them in this way.
3: Yeah, I, we said early on we reserved the right to make changes, and that I'm, I'm going to go ahead and officially make that change for several reasons. Number one was the Tucker Craft thing, because and, and not just because we don't know it generally, but he's like the blocker, right? So it was supposed to be uh, Tyler Davis. He was going to be the blocker. He got hurt. doesn't look like Tucker Craft is necessarily up to snuff to take that job, so who's going to do it? So that's a big one. The the not having enough bodies is a big one. Then I looked at it and Austin Allen actually grades out quite well yep. as a blocker. I just looked that's at that. His, his awesome. run blocking and 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 pass blocking are both actually quite good. I think in run blocking he's the highest non-offensive lineman run blocking grade. And then finally the last thing I looked at was his special teams and he's tied for sixth highest amount of special team snaps. So I just put him in there um I have to drop somebody. I, I may change his mind, but I wanted to do something quickly. So I did just take Patrick Taylor off, and I have Ooh. two running backs. So, yeah, I like it.
1: All right, let's move on to offensive line. Um, I guess let's let's start with the tackles. David Bakhtiari, Zach Tom, Yash Nyman, those guys are all obviously locks. and I th- would guess we all have Rasheed Walker in our top. Mm-hmm. So we, we all have – those four tackles. Anybody have any other tackles on the roster? I don't know. I possibly have Luke Tenuda on here. Possibly. I'm not definitive on that. He's been hurt for a little while. Seems like the Packers really like him. Seems like an option they might consider is dropping somebody else that they think will clear waivers and then trying to stash Luke Tenuta on uh, on IR after he makes the 53 so that he can come back later in the year. That would be the, the only other tackle that I would be considering. Any thoughts on Luke Tenuta as sort of a IR technicality?
3: I um I think if you told me I was forced to put another tackle on I might lean Caleb Jones. Tanuta did look good, but the injury thing kind of is what would scare me away cuz he's been injured for quite a while now.
2: Yeah, I I my first two bubble guys that I have at the bottom of the list are Jones and Tanuta. I just Struggled to place it because I have concerns about a different position on the offensive (laughs) line that I might have kept an extra player there. I'm I'm 100% Uh, the same way. So I I had to kind of decide I'm like, uh, and and by the way, the the player that I did put on was the the, it was those three in a group of like, all right, what's what am I doing here at the bubble? So I didn't. Yeah, I didn't take Jones or Tenuto. Would I be surprised uh, if they have Jones on there? Not really. I know they've talked about up a lot. They talked about a lot last year in the preseason and in camp. We know how they are about guys they that they like. They that could easily happen. Uh, I like the strategy, uh, JJ, with the with Tanuda. That I hope they're thinking about that. I'm sure they've considered it. But I just feel like it. It feels like to me, tackles in a great spot because. There's a guy playing on the interior in Elton Jenkins who can always provide insurance there. Sure. And I I think we'd all agree. Rasheed Walker's had a pretty darn good preseason so far. He looks – it looks different this year than it did last year. It looks I mean, different passed, this year. He's
1: past Yash Nyman. Yes. He, yeah. took, he yeah. took that new job.
2: Yeah. Yep. It, looks, it looks very different. It, it It feels like the consistency has – become normal a little bit where it was at Penn State it was very very flashy and it would it would go away at times and you go, okay, that's probably why. But I know I think it was very fair to call him more of the end of the mid-round type of value than a seventh rounder. So kudos to, to Goody and company for for getting him on this roster. I agree. I and then Nyman's always you know pretty decent swing tackle insurance there as well. So it, it gives you I think plenty to work with without Jones and Tenuta if they go that direction. Rashid was kind of my like really
1: insane miss in the draft. I had him as like a early third round pick and I was like all about him. And then, you know, he fell and fell and he's in the seventh round and the Packers took him and he didn't do anything in year one. I was just sitting here going, I don't know what I was smoking or what I thought I (laughs) saw on tape, but I mean, clearly like there's nothing here. So now I'm like, I feel like they're like teasing me now here in 2023. Like, Ooh, maybe, maybe he's going to push, you know, and be like their sixth offensive lineman. We'll see. Yeah. He's an easy guy to root for. I think.
2: Yeah. has on One the of the funniest in- reps ever on film, by the way. Oh yeah. <laughs> and if you don't know what we're talking about, <laughs> yeah. I, that's tough. <laughs> so,
1: On the interior, Elton Jenkins, John Runyon, and then man it might get into a lively debate at this point how many backup guards are making the uh the 53 jake how many guys do you have at guard behind those two
2: so this was i think this was the fun part, part of the uh, <laughs> of the exercise here because yeah i mean i've i've kind of had enough of, of 2020 if you ask <laughs> me at least on day 3 uh, besides running, besides running. Um, but I, obviously, I didn't want to keep Newman. I think most people are are pretty much, it seems like if if you look around a lot of predictions, it seems like everybody's on that train. And I, it's, it's hard to argue with it. So my interior is obviously Jenkins, Runyon, uh, and Myers. And sorry, no, you're good. You're good. uh <laughs> Obviously, I I don't think, even though it's it's just hasn't been good. I can't imagine after two after now what one season and then you know a little bit of preseason that Sean Ryan's done. I mean, look how long they've held on to Newman. So imagine he's sticking. Listen, I did it for the culture. I put MP on. I'm not afraid to say it. I'm not afraid to say it. I put him on there. I just something's going on, and and it's obviously it falls on. Everybody, it's not one person's fault necessarily. What's going on at center? You know, Myers has to take some of it. Love has to take some of it. That botch snap in the preseason kind of looked like Love should have been paying attention. Um, but then obviously, it's got to be a communication thing that you need to be on the same page when a defender is is kind of inching to jump like that. Uh, if you think you're going to get him offside, like there's just the communication issues have me like desperate to make sure we have Myers, <laughs> MP, even though it's only been a few weeks. And then obviously Tom is insurance, so that's 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 where I have it at this moment. I just I couldn't find myself not to keep MP because of because of that. So,
1: I, I I need to look into what the heck is going on with MP because I don't have my finger on any kind of a pulse there. I you know after the starters, the only interior guys I have
2: on the fifty three were Sean Ryan and Royce Newman. That's. That's very fair. I will say his splits, uh, right now, it looks very Packer-like. It looks it looks perfect for what they have, at least in, in terms of run blocking versus pass blocking. Uh, pass blocking in the Cincinnati game was a was a uh, seventy-eight point four grade. The run blocking was a sixty. Yeah. That's just that very much aligns, I think, with the philosophy they want. You know, pass blockers around. They want to make sure the pocket is secure. I don't know. He, he is obviously a little undersized. He's like 297. Yep. That's what PFF lists him as. That's obviously, you know, kind of something to watch for. They've obviously got Myers, who's a decent bit bigger than that. But there's just something. I, I Ryan, I'm interested to see what you say about this as well, since you have M too.
3: So, yeah. So it's, it's kind of weird because I actually had been saying, you know, with this whole Zach Tom thing, what if they're not looking for him as a starter? What if they're asking the question, who would back up Josh Myers? Because we don't like Jake Hansen. When yep. they dumped Jake Han, I understand he got injured, but you didn't have to just be like, get out of here, you're done now. Yeah. So I feel like that was kind of coming. So I guess the question that I had was, should I just keep, and I, and I may do this, I could pull MP back off and say, let's say Josh Myers gets hurt. I mean, we know they can slide John Runyon over, they could do Elton if they really wanted to, we could do Zach Tom if you wanted to, and maybe that's kind of the thing, but. I put MP on because I feel like he's sort of the center. You know, if, 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 if Myers goes down, that's the guy. And then I also do have Royce and Sean Ryan. So I have 10 offensive linemen. I kept both right. And again, with Royce, I know everybody hates him and wants him gone. I understand he's, he seems to be going straight backwards, but he's another guy that I feel like the Packers really like. I mean, he's also one of those guys that was on the field when we didn't really understand why. They just kept putting him out there. So I think he's going to get a longer leash. He was also drafted in the mid rounds. He's not an undrafted free agent. So I think he gets a longer leash there. He was one of the best, like his preseason last year for whatever it's worth was elite. I mean, literally elite. Yeah. Um, He's got a ton of experience playing time as a starter. I don't think because of like, you know, a, a bad start to the offseason and a, and a, and I don't even think last week was bad, was it? He got graded out okay, I think. I uh, thought he
1: actually played quite well yeah. against so, uh, New England.
3: I think the anti-Royce... I mean, people kind of hated Royce coming into this offseason. So, I mean, if, if he had a bad day, it's it was kind of yeah. done anyways. I think that's overblown, though. I think he is... So, I've got him as our backup left guard. Sean Ryan is our backup right guard. And I do have James Empey as a backup center. But I'm a little bit flexible on, could we pull him off and still manage with reshuffling our starting? I would rather not. Obviously, I want to keep everybody where they are. Zach Tom, John Runyon, Elton Jenkins, David Bakhtiari. The question is, is MP too much of like a disaster, like we don't trust him, where we would have to do something else? That would be the only thing I would question. Like, Could we possibly move Runyon over and Sean Ryan up or Royce Newman? Could we do Zach Tom and then slide Rasheed Walker? That's the only question is how we would handle that. But for now, I do have James MP, Royce Newman, Sean Ryan.
1: Well, for what it's worth, MP and Schneider both played um... – snaps at uh, center in this preseason game and grayed out in the high seventies. I mean yeah. I, I I feel like with both of them, you know, part of my problem, like yeah, we've seen a little bit of Cole Schneider in the past, but my problem with both of them is I just don't have enough information on either one, but I'd rather have either one of these guys over what I know we had in Jake Hansen.
4: Yeah.
3: Yeah. Right.
1: The other the other nice thing going back to Royce Newman with him is that he has tackle flexibility you know he's he's got shorter arms but he is a tackle he has played at tackle I think that he has played better at tackle than he has played at guard and I know you know the the whole problem of like well you don't want to take a uh you know a bad offensive lineman and put him at a more important spot but I think he's a better tackle than he is a guard so mm-hmm. uh, I don't know it's just if, you, if you're looking for any positives about Royce I, I think there are some so all right I I I don't have James Empey or Cole Schneider on my 53 right now, but I also only have 24 guys on offense. So I am really tempted to go ahead and put one of them in there. And I'm struggling with which one to do because Cole Schneider played in two games and graded out good in both of them. We've only had James Empey in one game, uh, the the first preseason game, but he graded out higher. So I guess I'll go ahead and put Cole Schneider in there as a, Um, guy who's kind of been around the program a little bit longer, even though he wasn't here last year. But I guess I'll go ahead and put on Cole Schneider. That does give me 10 offensive linemen, though. So, again, I just don't know what to do on the offense because every single position I'm kind of kicking myself over that last guy I put on there at basically every position. So, yep. Let's put a ball on offense, though. Let's
2: you've got me. You you've got say. me wanting to add a tenth offensive lineman right now, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm
3: sitting here trying to take one off. Oh, I'm looking at it going. I gosh. should have nine. <laughs> Everybody's
2: making a good case for Newman. It feels like I got to throw him on there. But then also, I'm thinking like, well, should I just throw like Caleb Jones on there, or do I throw? Right. What it's worth. The bubble for S- offensive linemen has is stressing me out a little bit. I will say <laughs> I'm not. There are like four guys where I'm like, yeah, maybe, yeah, maybe not. It's just, it's like I'm playing tennis with myself what
1: it's worth since 2010 we have kept eight offensive linemen more times than we've kept 10 and we even kept seven in 2012 so we've only kept 10 uh three years in 2022 2017 and 2010 we kept we kept eight offensive linemen four times yeah i I think i'm gonna go ahead and take cole back (laughs) off here just (laughs) i'm
2: gonna go with nine as well (laughs) Let's, Should let's I take off MP and put end.
3: Patrick Taylor back on? I don't know. I'm just before you put a bow on it, I'm <laughs> just doing it. I'm doing it. MP's off. Sorry, dude.
1: No. I mean, we we have at least four guys that we could play at center if we needed to. We got Josh Myers, Elton yeah. Jenkins, Zach Tom, and then John Runyon played at center in college. So there's yep. that. True. All, right. All right. Defense. Let's start with uh the defensive line. Let's talk about the guys. I guess more specifically at the defensive end, we you, you can also lump your nose tackles in there if oh. you want to. Um, let's go with Jake, Kenny Clark, obviously, Devontae Wyatt, Colby Wooden, uh, Wooden and Carl Brooks. Any of those three guys not on your fifty-three? Nope, they're all there. Did you keep any other defensive ends? Uh,
2: I did not. Uh, I I will say I am. Absolutely thrilled with how Carl Brooks is playing. Right, uh, he looks like, and I know it's going to be a big jump, obviously, <laughs> to play in the in the in the in the real games and the <laughs> the big boy stuff on Sundays. But I will say, like, he is doing exactly what he did at Bowling Green. <laughs> he is just it, the he he's treating everybody in the preseason like it's the Mac again, and he's like, "Nah, I just I, you guys suck, you stink, I'm running through <laughs> you." This is this yeah. is hilarious. Uh, I'm just I'm just this is a walk in the park for me. It feels like I'm in the Mac again. Uh so just really thrilled there because obviously I it's it's kind of offsetting how I'm starting to feel about Devontae White. I'm getting a little it's scaring me a little bit. Yeah. No. I think it, it would be hard not to. And the funniest thing is I'm still like confusing uh Brooks and Wooden's numbers. I keep me thinking too. they're the I other do. numbers. Yes. I'm yes. like, yeah. oh my gosh, what a play by Wooden. I'm like, oh wait, that's Brooks, crap. Yeah. I okay. know it's
3: one of them, but I don't know which one. Yeah, I keep thinking <laughs> it's the Rock.
2: I I'm completely messing it up. Hopefully by by uh, by Saturday, I'll have I'll have it uh, figured out so that I know who's making the play. But I think they really like that rotation at defensive end. I, there's a lot of disruption potential there, even if uh, they keep it to just those four. Because I know you're gonna you're gonna mention nose tackles. I just to me I, I don't know if we're moving there or not. If if we're gonna kind of save that, do we do we want me to just go into it?
1: Well, I mean, come on. You're the only guy who's got to talk about defensive end yet. You're not going to let Ryan and I touch on that? (laughs) All right, all right, all right. That's all I have. Carl Carl Brooks is my guy. Look, (laughs) when I started my uh, draft preparation for last year, first thing I did, I went over on defense. I took all the defenders, and I calculated their uh, pressure rate, and I sorted it best to worst. I saw Carl Brooks, and I said – yeah, <laughs> if that came up. It was Lando Calrissian saying, "Hello, what have we here?" Yeah, Carl Brooks has been my dude, so of course I'm putting him on there. I kind of want to put him as uh, defensive lineman one over Kenny Clark, but I'm not
3: gonna do it. Him. He's he's, <laughs> he's, he's, he's do down it. there. Hot takes,
1: Ryan. Ryan, are you keeping anybody besides those four guys at defensive end?
3: No, I was just going to add, though, as far as getting those two confused, I had one even worse than that. I was trying to figure out why they were showing us Dean Lowry highlights. I'm like, what, what, why are you doing this? And then I was like, oh, shoot, never mind. I'm an idiot. Oh, First, well, on top of that, I didn't know you had that many highlights to begin yeah, with. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. Hey, there were highlights. I didn't know.
2: <laughs> I didn't know.
3: Just an homage for Gosh, some reason. I...
2: I keep forgetting he had a whopping 69 pressures at college That's just last season. That's just nuts. Man.
3: Well, and it's it's funny, too, because it's one of those things where if he hits, everyone's going to look at it and be like, how did we not know? Yeah. Like, it's it was sitting there just staring you in the face. He's one of the most dominant pass rushers, maybe the most dominant in college football. So I'm hoping right. that everybody just
2: feels stupid about this. It's well, probably the level of competition a little bit, right? right, I right. That's what it's dominating the. It's dominating the MAC, right? And he played yeah. one game against Mississippi State didn't do that great uh, in terms of the grading. And after watching it a little bit, it was kind of like, ah, yeah, it looks like it's a little more difficult for him. Uh, He obviously he had a plan when he was rushing, but he he could kind of just overwhelm everybody in, in the Mac. And obviously he's been doing it in the preseason. So, (laughs) (laughs) but it was just kind of like, oh yeah, this is like sec guards. Like they, they, they know how to handle the bull rush a little bit more. They've been coached up their techniques a lot better. And it's, but Yeah, I mean, you don't see guys with nearly 70 pressures of defensive tackle uh, in college, no matter who you play for. So, and the grades are off the charts. I mean, yeah. Well, the
1: concern with Wooden and Brooks was that they both kind of felt like tweeners, that you had you know, these guys who uh, were not really athletic enough to play off the edge, but then weren't really big enough to play on the interior. And, you know, for sure with Brooks, you felt like, Okay, what what is he possibly going to add in run defense? He hasn't been half bad in the preseason there, like not to the point where you feel like he's a liability. You have to, you know, take off the field on first and second down. So um, yeah. I, I'm just absolutely thrilled with him. I think that uh, those four guys, I mean, that's as black and white as you can get it. At nose tackle, I really only want to keep TJ Slayton. But we basically always keep six defensive linemen, and we don't have anybody else at nose tackle. So, I kind of feel like I have to put Jonathan Ford on the roster, and I really don't want to.
3: <laughs> I feel like I'm the only one not sweating this. I, it's it's Slayton and Ford, and that's whether I like it or not. I mean, it seems very straightforward
2: that it's going to be. It is six. straightforward. Yeah. yeah, like that is who it is. I just I hate. It. <laughs> I just don't like it. <laughs> Two pressures against Cincinnati. There you go. See, I'm saying? so. Uh, don't worry about the New England game. We didn't talk about it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, but yeah, I I, I think them keep it, And again, they keep their guys when they're drafting, even as seventh round picks. And like I said earlier, so it's, you I got to have, have bodies there. about the, about the rookies. But then like, once you're in like
1: yeah. year two, like you got to do something. I don't think John Ford like ever has, I think he's done a lot he's more in the fair. NFL than he ever did in college. This is a, I don't know how he got drafted. <laughs> and I thought that he looked a lot better. No, I agree. In the regular season last year than he ever did in college. Like I was I was questioning a little bit like, okay, well maybe there actually is something here and I don't know how cuz he's not athletic, had no production in college except as a uh blocker on field goals and extra points. That's that's the only thing he ever did. So that's why I thought they they brought him in, you know.
2: Ooh. I like what Clayton just said. That's we like that. got it. We like that. <laughs> We like that yep. on the field for That's, nickel. Sounds like they had man, TJ
1: Slayton staying on the field for nickel today. That's Clayton at Packers total access. I mean for the, the uh, audio only listeners
2: with if the, uh, on the screen. Hey, with the 50% pressure rate in, in week one of the preseason, how could you not have him on the field right? for nickel? Okay. He's our best pass rusher. He on the might team, be. Yeah. Him and Brooks <laughs> better be out there on nickel. That's all I'm saying.
3: <laughs> Just dragging Kenny Clark's dead weight around. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so after quarterback, I feel like the defensive uh, line is the easiest position to project. Um, but When you move to edge rusher, I think that this one's pretty fun because we keep 4.8 on average, and I have six, and I'm not really willing to cut anybody. No. <laughs> uh, oh the, the The big yeah. thing, like we all kind of know who the six are, but the big thing with Brenton Cox is I think that he is legitimately the only undrafted free agent who would not clear waivers. I think you know this is a dude who people did like, and then he has only impressed and raised his stock in the preseason, in my opinion. Uh, I, I think you know, you're looking at Emmanuel Wilson, Malik Heath, any of these other undrafted free agents. As much as Packer fans and even the Packers coaches might like them, they're clearing waivers. They're making it to the practice squad if you need them to. Brenton Cox, I don't think is. So it's kind of <gasps> if if you want him, you gotta put him on the fifty-three.
3: Yeah, I mean the, the only one of the Wait, six... hang on,
1: hang on. Garrett Stritzel says the tax defense will be stiffer <laughs> than Clayton's <laughs> faux hawk. Clayton, Clayton shows up and the...
3: immediately the trash talk starts. Wow. Like we, we it's wow. been so civilized and all of a sudden <laughs> it's just evolving now.
1: Uh, <laughs> Clayton Lesnar, if you want to hop on here, we'll send you the uh yes. join link. Yeah, for
3: sure. There you go. Yeah, I was, I was just going to say, though, the only uh, person that you could argue would be Justin Hollins, and the Packers are obsessed with that guy. So there's no way. I mean, Kingsley, no way. Lucas Van Ness, Preston Smith, Rashawn Gary. I mean, those are beyond. I mean, it's it's 100% locks, and and Hollins is basically 98. So it's it's definitely six.
1: Well, is, I mean, Hollins is still getting reps with the number one defense at times, isn't he? I oh, mean, yeah. He's, yep. he's still in the mix. Like, there's six guys. Like, the only guy that you might not keep is Bretton Cox, and you would only not keep him if you just don't want him because yeah. he's not clearing waivers. He's not making it to the practice squad. So I, I, I'll tell you, I have wanted desperately to know for forever what the heck Bretton Cox was doing in college that was pissing everybody off so much because, <laughs> oh,
0: dude.
1: I mean, like how much of a D-bag do you have to yeah. be to get dude. released from two programs with that the kind of reputation those programs have Right. I mean, he's a good ball player. So I just, just the curiosity in me is just burning. I want to know what the heck he was doing that got him dismissed. (laughs) I want to keep him around. I like what he did in the preseason. I got six dudes on my on my fifty three, and it feels stupid, but I can't find a reason to cut any of them.
2: No, I agree. Uh, I I believe I did have uh, somebody share a quote with me. (laughs) <laughs> Was it Clayton? i'm not i'm not saying no no i'm not saying it on here <laughs> absolutely not um give us a hint you can't tease us like that <laughs> no 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 i can't do that i can't do that oh um, my goodness i can't do that you're the it's, worst so if, you're, if
1: you're not, not gonna good. tell us if you're not gonna tell us that i'm gonna read clayton's quote out loud that's fine says, <laughs> garrett that's fine. that's fine garrett is the only <laughs> human I that comments do. on my hair more than my wife i need to take this guy out to dinner <laughs>
2: Uh, oh, I'm not that's... putting that on the top. <laughs> that was just mean. Yeah. Wow. That's right, we Jake, are getting Garrett's derailing this whole thing. <laughs> um, what's your quote? Uh, oh, no. <laughs> All I was going to say is I think it, it's wild that there are 12 defensive linemen. Uh, it, it, Cause everybody kind of groups that in when they do the predictions. And it's like to put a, a whopping number for 12 on that uh, total is, is insane. But it's it's like they have like a great problem along the defensive line. And, you know, I I think they did a great job adding fuel to the fire of what they hope to be really good competition in camp. And I agree. I don't see how that they would get rid of Justin Hollins. It just seems like they don't want to. It might be along the lines of Newman and Taylor. He's also a special teams ace. Yeah. And that's he was one of the highest graded special teamers. And that's the other thing too. So, and and the other thing with Hollins it, it getting snaps with the ones as well is they're really gonna take this thing slow with with Van Ness. It seems like, and that's totally okay with me if they want to do that. That might not please everybody in in Packerland if they're like, yeah. So we kind of kept Hollins because you know we we just feel like you know Van Ness needs needs some work on development. We gotta you know really get him up to speed with a lot of things, which I think would be very true in saying that so far uh, with what we've seen in preseason. But I don't think people will like that. So it gives you another guy to rotate in. We know they like to rotate. Uh Hollins has been out there, plenty in the rotation, uh off the edge. And, and like we've talked about, Brenton Cox, it, it, you, you, you can't you can't cut him if you want to keep him. You can't. It's it's not gonna happen. Uh don't let somebody like the Eagles get to pick him up, please. Um uh, <laughs> that's please don't <laughs> let that happen. Please keep him on the team. Uh, so the Eagles don't have you know fifteen guys that along the defensive line. Uh, well, don't forget the, so the
1: Bears have uh, top waiver priority. They might finally get a, a good defensive player if they take oh, yeah, a shot. Yeah,
2: be that's that's true. That's true. That's true. They can't can't finally now, give them like somebody who can actually rush off the edge. That would be silly. Don't do that. Lucas Van Ness has yes,
1: he's raw. We have questions about how early they're going to be able to really work him in, but he has a lot of positional flexibility. This this six dudes in the edge room might be somewhat of a threat to John Ford making the roster. You know, if they're, if they do keep six at the edge room, it becomes a lot harder to justify keeping all six along the defensive line. And the number one reason for keeping John Ford is who the heck is going to play nose tackle besides TJ Slayton. Well, it's not like you can't put, Clark or Wyatt on the sure. inside. I would say you probably can't put Wooden or Brooks on the inside as, as a nose tackle. They just, don't, they just don't have the size, but Lucas Van Ness did it in college. Kenny Clark and Devontae Wyatt are options? So I just would say, you know, as if <laughs> John Ford is uh, to me, he's the smoritore Torre of defense, right? Those are the two guys who I'm like always unfairly campaigning against. Um, I'm keeping six guys uh at, at the edge room yeah i think i'm really tempted to go back to just five um along the defensive line even though it just makes all the sense in the world to keep slate and and ford but i'm telling you i got 27 guys here on defense i have to start cutting some guys somewhere so that's to me you know if it comes down to cox versus ford i'm leaning cox well, every, you know all the
3: way i, I just uh, yeah I said i'm the only one not even sweating the defensive line and i'm feeling like it just, I mean, it, it makes sense for the same reason you could say to yeah. keep two running backs. Like, well, what do you do if somebody gets hurt? Well, you bring them up from the practice squad. That's what you do. Yeah. It's the same thing yeah. with Ford. Like, what happens if T.J. Slayton gets hurt? You're going to bring T.J., uh, Jonathan Ford up from the practice squad because that's where they're going to well, put him,
1: obviously. Yeah. But, yeah. but also don't forget, Slayton can't play every down of the game. I mean, that nose tackle, is yeah. The, yeah. That's, that's one of those they do have to rotate during the game. Yeah. So it's not just injury. You also have to be able to spell guys.
3: And they're, and they're, yeah, that's, that's true. I was going to say they're primarily playing nickel, but you know, who knows how much Slayton's going to be playing that. But I don't know. I think there's going to be a heavy enough rotation, and like you said, Clark can handle that responsibility and and some other guys. And it's not like whatever T.J. Slayton brings, Jonathan Ford is bringing. If you're doing a rotation, I think you're going to have, you're going to see T.J. Sla In other words, even if Jonathan Ford's on the team, he's not going to be on the field, I don't think, all that much. I think it's going to be T.J. Slayton, and when they rotate him out, you're going to see Wooden out there, you're going to see Brooks out there you're going to see a lot of stuff that isn't Jonathan Ford anyways. They can get really spicy
2: on third downs. Right. It's and I think they want really to exciting.
3: like they, I I it just seems like yeah. you look at first of all Wyatt, then they go and get Wooden and Brooks. It, it's almost like they're yeah. screaming to us, we don't give a crap about what we do in the run. Like all we're going to do is go get the quarterback. Which, That's it.
2: Which you know, doesn't I it doesn't exude confidence for me, uh, especially <laughs> right. who's on the who's on the <laughs> schedule week 2. Um yeah. I don't like that or week one, to be honest. Yeah. Week one. Yeah, that's true. There's a lot of running backs in that backfield. Uh, <laughs> one, it's one. Um, so, you know, um, I never thought I'd be doing well, that a few years ago, but I, I'm tempted to take Ford off too. And I will say, uh, I accidentally had five in parentheses, uh, for edge when I definitely had six names down. So I now have to cut somebody and I guess <laughs> it's probably, I guess, uh, forward but then at the same time i feel like oh, you know i've always c- now, I'm like going back. Of you. now i'm like going back to like oh Dang, you know what man. if i take a safety off and i take forward on, safety's I one, I off not, linemen, not safety safety's so. an offensive lineman i we're not we're not the safety yet let's do let's do I linebacker we
1: gotta stay in order here so There's there's four guys there's four guys who kind of feel like locks in devondre campbell quay walker duff man And Eric Wilson. Anybody not have both Duffman and Wilson on the roster? No. Anybody keep a fifth linebacker?
3: No. No. Well, that was Marvin Pierre.
1: (laughs) I will say we were talking before we hit record um, about Jimmy Phillips and Keyshawn Banks that those two dudes are like kind of heartbreaker cuts for several of us. I feel like those are the two dudes to throw on um on the practice squad for sure. You know, as much as the Packers or you know, as Gutekunst seems to have liked Aaron Mosby and then, you know, yeah, they drafted Tariq Carpenter, but I feel like it's Keyshawn Banks <laughs> and Jimmy Phillips and yeah. Jacob Beardman Gary.
0: Welcome to I the know Cox exactly
3: test. why Jacob showed up. He wanted to jump in during this Brenton Cox discussion. He's not gonna let it just end like that.
0: <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, I didn't hear anything uh Prior to this, I was just happened to be messaging JJ and he said, uh, You want to hop on? I'm like, You guys are still going live? My God. <laughs> yeah, man. Way past Ryan's bedtime. It I is getting know. late. Uh, you're talking about Bretton Cox Jr.? Well, we're talking sure. About, yeah. Or Bretton Cox Sr. Is that what you're talking <laughs> about? Like, okay. Uh-huh. Uh, honestly, so,
1: I, I, I just managed to convince Ryan and Jake that we should keep Brenton Cox instead of Jonathan Ford.
2: Oh wait, 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 hold on, hold on. I wasn't down to those two for me, to be very very clear. <laughs> it wasn't like one or the other. I just yeah, happened to have 12 defensive line. Yeah, I just happened to have 12 defensive linemen. Uh and, you know, actually thought I had 11 in parentheses. So that was that was the issue. And, you know, it's been corrected. Um it was a clerical error I'll have to go to the team and figure that out uh tomorrow, but yeah i feel' <laughs> I feel good about eleven that's that's good I've ive I've now taken Ford off so. <laughs> i I just realized
1: how unoriginal we all are. all four of us are wearing green Packer's hats, so Clayton, if you are going to hop on here, maybe make sure you grab yeah, a make sure the green Packers ball pack uh, ball black. cap with Packer's logo on it first is yours black yeah. it looks green no no. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh man, we haven't had one no, of those in a while. that's wow.
1: the draft. We don't do that here on Packernet Derailed.
3: I'm sorry, it, man. There,
2: there, it's, there, it's there, are, rules. <laughs> there are rules. Right.
3: Oh, well, man. we'll we'll establish the rules first before people and start. You know, all right. It, that that's We're, a two dollar kick. Yeah, that's, I I keep forgetting. I'm supposed to have to <laughs> narrate everything for everybody who's only listening
1: via audio. We just that's kicked true. Jacob because Clayton donated two dollars yeah. to do so. <laughs> Rest Wait, in rest in power Twitter. Jacob alongside Tariq Carpenter.
2: Yeah, I was gonna say we gotta bring that up. It's not look good, folks. That's all I think that's all I need to say is.
0: News team assemble. Come on, Clayton. Get on here.
1: How <laughs> many how many days or weeks ago was it that Tariq Carpenter would have been on all of our fifty threes and he's like solidly off at this point?
2: Is the same answer to that the the Toure hype train how long ago was that <laughs> no that the Toure hype train
1: died like a day and a half ago oh oh if that oh um i mean it was it was I basically just... mid patriots game that people started and i think they just started hating oh. on him because they liked malik heath so much and wanted him on the 53 yeah train.
0: can i make that's it all a... it was the toure can i make it a mission sure so, yeah it... all right ryan i'm sorry about the toure things I I knew that I came on strong when I, said he'd be, when I said that he'd be a number three wide receiver. I now know, and I and I'm, I I actually saw a few uh, live chats where they said that Torrey could be a casualty cut. And if I'm not mistaken, you were talking about Bretton Cox Jr. before I I hopped on here. And there yeah. we are so deep at so many positions where I could see like some random weird Packers. You know how they always throw the curveball at the last minute. So I could see us keeping. Eight offensive linemen. I could see us keeping just two running backs. I could see us keeping
1: absolutely yeah, for all this stuff. Yeah,
0: I could see us keeping three tight ends, and then I, I don't know. <laughs> I just I could see us keeping five safeties. I could see us keeping six edges. I don't know how that all works. Because I'm right. not. Like a, I'm not. You a see guy. us keeping six edges? You crazy man! I could be. It could Johnson, be six yeah. safeties. There could. I, <laughs> yep. I think Anthony Johnson Jr. is like a very Easy. viable. For me, he's in. I like. Him. I'm in. I'm. In. I am all so right.
2: In. I feel
1: like I feel like Jake is gonna explode if we don't do safety next. <laughs> I was gonna do corner, but I think. <laughs> Sorry, I I don't think we can make him wait any longer. Uh, Jake, give us your safeties. Uh, yeah, my safety.
2: All I wrote under safety is let Anthony Johnson Jr. cook. That's all I wrote. Okay. Um, <laughs> no, 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 no. So I had uh. So, obviously, I had an issue. I had 54 without realizing it. So, I actually have a spot open now uh, because I took Ford off. I'm probably going to... Oh, man. Well, right now on there, I have... I think, obviously, Ford and Savage are in. Seems like Are you trying to get
1: Clayton to join? Because... Trashing Rudy Ford is absolutely the way to get Clayton to come in here. Rudy Ford's getting cut. Um, He's going to be polishing a shotgun.
2: Rudy Ford's getting cut? No, uh, uh, I, It feels like they're probably going to take Owens. Um, Tarverius Moore, I, I flip-flopped between him and Levitt like 8 million times. By the way, Anthony Johnson Jr. was one on the list. If anybody was confused about that. <laughs> uh, yeah, Moore and Levitt, I just keep Flipping these two, but I might add Levitt back because I still have a spot. I don't know if we're going to go ten offensive linemen. It just feels feels like overkill. So now I have a decision to make. <laughs> uh, wasn't what,
0: uh, to, what wasn't, to do. Wasn't Ford with the ones today with Savage?
2: Yeah. Oh yeah. No, I was joking about Rudy. I was. I, was I just saying, wanted.
0: I wanted but, Clayton to get
2: on.
3: I just. It was but joking. that
0: was the first time that that's happened. Like in. What, the last I haven't game?
3: heard his name in like a month.
0: That's, yeah. let yeah. feel like we haven't heard it,
2: which to me, like is no news. Okay. News might be Potentially, Potentially, kind of yeah. like, is it kind of like the, the Patriots thing where it's just, it feels like, Oh, he's just doing his job then. So there's nothing to like report on. There's no splash plays, but there's no, like he's completely, you know, a shell of himself. I don't know. Uh, I'm gonna leave the roster spot open until the end of the show. I'm just gonna leave it with Tarverius Moore as the fifth guy, and then we'll we'll figure it out. We I reserve the right until the end of the show to to add that fifty third guy to the roster. We'll see. Oh no. Oh no. It's not a baseball cap, Wait but a it's minute. a cap. It's,
1: <laughs> it it's too small. I can't see.
2: Oh goodness. <laughs> All right.
1: Oh my gosh, that's one of those old leather caps.
2: Yep. Jim. Serious now.
1: I feel like Clayton is maybe the only guy who could pull right. that off.
2: Oh.
1: Oh no,
3: never mind. There we go.
2: No, it's oh the G just fell off of it. That's
3: Clayton, <laughs> we're not hearing you right yeah, now. We
2: don't got audio.
4: He always he does, does this now. Y'all ask so much from me, dude. I can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> you wanna. could
3: be goose for the day. <laughs> yeah, <it's> like... <laughs> good show guys right. no thanks what are we doing
2: now jj i'm so lost right now
3: we jumped to right. safety I, gave, I don't even know i if gave, five, it gave an
2: answer five safeties no no levitt i took levitt off that's probably wrong i oh you know my what? goodness that's so i reserve the right to add levitt uh <laughs> i still have an open spot at, at this very moment so but that's where i'll stick for now i i took way too much time talking about that i should all have right, just it at, let johnson jr cook that's all i should have said
1: clayton how how many safeties do you have
4: it's tough, man. It's tough. I haven't done <clears throat> a fifty-three yet, but I think Dallin Levitt's going to make the roster, and that throws a wrench into everything, right? Um, That's crazy. I'm going to go: Rudy Ford, Darnell Savage, Jonathan Owens, Dallin Levitt. Who's going to be that fifth? Right? And sixth? Uh, probably. I guess. I guess <laughs> Terverius more, Right? Oh no. Who Who do you got, Jake?
2: Anthony Johnson Jr. got to cook, man. Let him. Oh go. God, what Let am I, him cook. See, I don't Let have him a rock. Cook, man. Let him <laughs> yeah, cook. I told you, it's sick. <laughs>
4: how, how do we justify keeping Dalvin Live? like Ryan, you pointed out the other day, man. He, you know, he's a special teams ace, but he sucks at special teams, like, right? What <laughs> well,
3: I, explain Jonathan Owens to me.
4: I, I don't want to. Can do anyone that. explain why we're
2: keeping Jonathan Owens? Other than oh, the was Packers, a, that was that was a sick um, that was sick work in the open field in the Bengal game.
3: He's terrible like at everything that. he's ever done. <laughs> But I gotta my, keep him
1: because the Packers like him. When it's- I watch Down Levitt play on defense, it, it makes me cry because <laughs> I love his I love his effort. He's always in the right place. He comes like I'm watching a play and there's a guy just wide open. He's just about to bust for a long run and I'm like, dang it, we suck again. And then out of <laughs> nowhere, just flying off the edge of my screen, screaming in comes Down Levitt, but he only weighs. You know a buck o oh five and so he gets dragged for three yards and I'm like <laughs> dude I love the energy I love the football understanding that you're always in the right place but son let me get you a cheeseburger because you do not weigh enough to slow anybody down like I mean it's all these ankle tackles he's getting dragged hold on to somebody's shoelaces <laughs> that's my thing with down level I love watching him play but then I just feel bad. <laughs>
2: Yeah. I would like to comment on this comment here. <laughs> um, I <laughs> Travis, for those listening, says, I think the lack of skill gap between our safeties is making it way too tricky a position yeah. to guess on. I think it's just, I think the lack of skill with our safeties is making <laughs> that way too tricky <laughs> to guess on. Um, that's, that's, that's all. Well,
1: I was talking I really to my guy, to Jeremy it. Retz, on Twitter earlier, and he was asking what was the deepest position on defense and I said, well, it depends on how you define deep. Because if you're just talking about how many guys do you have that are, you know, about the same quality as each other, it's safety. You got six guys who are all basically roughly about as good as each other. So
3: it's the deepest, but they're all backups. <laughs> yep. yep. <laughs> Pretty much.
0: Yeah.
1: All right. So Darnell Savage, Rudy Ford, Jonathan Owens, Tarverius Moore, Anthony Johnson Jr., Dallin Levitt. Does anybody have a different number than six and does anybody have Benny Sapp?
2: Well, I have five at the moment.
1: So. And you're leaving Lev Levitoff?
2: Um, yes. Uh, but we'll, see. well, to be determined. End of the show is not here yet. We haven't talked about corner.
1: So, <laughs> so, so Ken Ingalls finally sold me on six uh, last week. He pointed out that last year, the Packers averaged 5.71 safeties on their active, inactive, elevated list every week. They had 5.47 safeties on their 53-man roster every week and 5.47 safeties on the 48-man active roster each week. So, I don't know. I Numbers always sway me. I, I think five or six makes a lot of sense, but I just don't know who you cut. I mean, I think, I don't know, spin the wheel I mean, of suck.
3: At the bottom of my list, I mean, as far as like who I think, not who I would choose personally, but at the bottom of my list would be Tavares Moore. I think he would be sort of the odd man out. He's also the one safety right now that's injured, which doesn't yeah. help his case. Yeah. But, I mean, Rudy, I think mean, he's been the number, two, was the number two for a long time, special teamer. Dallin Lovett, special teamer. Anthony Johnson is a rookie who is ascending. Jonathan Owens is terrible, but we like his girlfriend and the Packers Both love fire. him for some reason. So, And, and Savage is, is the su- supposedly the clear number one for some reason. So Tarverius is the only one that I feel like doesn't really have a home if we're going to leave somebody out.
1: All right. I like that. So, sa- safety, I think, is in the book. That I leads like us to just put
2: back- Levitt on.
3: <laughs> Shut <laughs> up. We closed the book. <laughs> <laughs>
1: All right. Cornerback. This one freaking sucks for me. So, we need six corners. I only have four, and I have 27 guys on mm. defense. I don't know what to do here. Um, you know, it's Jair, Rasul, Valentine, and Nixon. And I couldn't figure out who to put on after that. I like Keandre Thomas. William Hooper has been just killing it with the PFF grade. Both preseason games. Uh, in his games seemed like he really had a role until he got hurt. And now he's been gone for kind of a while. I guess, didn't he come back today in practice? You were yeah, telling me, yeah. Jake. Um, and then, you know, Shamari Gene Charles is, I think, just about played himself off the roster at this point. I think so. I just don't know where you go you know, after your top four. So uh Jacob, you want to take it here? Do you have any thoughts on additional corners besides those top four?
0: Uh say your top four again, what you consider top four. And that's priest, right. right? With no there, st-
1: So so there's this guy, he was a first round pick back in twenty eighteen. Jot Ear.
0: Louisville. That. Yep. Yep. Yep.
1: All right. Then you got Rasul Douglas. Oh, gosh. You have uh Future Hall of Famer Carrington Valentine. Yeah, but said that
0: Valentine came back from practice.
1: Corey Valentine? You're talking about Valentine, Valentine, That that guy?
0: Yeah, yeah, that guy.
1: Well, I had Keyshawn Nixon. I didn't have Corey on online. I'm just saying, did he come back from
0: practice? I, I think he's see. I think he's
3: practicing <laughs> again, yeah.
0: Okay. So like my thoughts would be who's the backup slot? Because you have Nixon is the quote unquote slot. So after that, it's like you said, Shamar and Charles. I don't really think he's had it's, a great camp. If so he's far. if
1: he's healthy, it's got to be in his gains. But
0: I don't. Definitely Jair. Yeah. Well, <laughs> shut yep, up. maybe. Right. I've
3: said two words in the last ten minutes, and both times it's "shut up" to Jake. Yeah. yeah <laughs>
1: <laughs> Who among us hasn't told Jake to shut up?
3: <laughs> Nicest guy on the stream. Uh. <laughs>
1: There's not a lot of competition for nicest guy on the stream. I mean, you look
3: at Ryan and me. Well, so I'm just going to jump in because I want to give you my consternation about it. So Jair, Razul, Valentine, and Nixon. And I had Shamar because Innis got hurt. I'm tempted to put Innis back. But then there's also the question of we could always, and I know nobody likes this, but would it be better – To have somebody else, if Keyshawn goes out, like for example, if Razul slid over, would you rather have Ballantyne in than somebody like Innes Gaines to begin with? So, could it be instead of another backup slot, you put in another guy like Ballantyne? Although I don't think he's done very much. I mean, I know he's been injured, but I I feel like Innes has been kind of the most impressive of the group, so I'm tempted to go that way anyways. But I I guess that would be kind of my question. I I don't think, I I know William Hooper's had some good games in preseason, but he's so far down the list. I don't think he wins his way on. So as of right now, it would be Jair, Razul, Valentine, Nixon, and probably Innis Gaines would be five for me if I had to do it right now, which I guess I do.
1: That's still way below the average. I mean, we keep – we always keep six. We've kept five one time since 2010, and that was last year we kept five. But we've had three years since 2010 where we kept seven it's it's rough that we're talking four corners with maybe a fifth and we're looking for six really the average is 6.2 <laughs> so it's it's not even it's not even close man
0: uh, this, this is why, when, when, when they brought in elijah like hamilton
1: earlier this week i saw people asking like wait corner what why aren't we bringing in a safety i'm like dude forget safety we need some bodies in the cornerback room like we're banged up right now. With, has Anthony with, Johnson
2: uh, played slot snaps in the preseason? Oh, no, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just asking because <laughs> he definitely played there in college. So, yeah, that's that's the one thing that might ha- keep you know a guy like Gaines off if you see him as the backup slot. He has played really six
1: six snaps in the slot. He did two in week one and four in week two. Oh, it's going up. That's out of eighty-four. <laughs> Six out of eighty-four. Right. right. True. I mean, I I Man, by the way, his his snaps went up like crazy in week week one to week two. Thirty-three in week one, fifty-one in week two. That is a heck of a jump.
3: Yep.
0: All right, y'all. I gotta jump off. I'm going to bed. You guys are crazy. Roadhouse. <laughs>
2: See you later. Oh, uh,
0: Have a good night. Bye, Jacob. <laughs> See you both.
2: See, when you said that six corners thing, now I'm, like, tweaking the, the roster again. I am um,
1: t- I only got four corners, but, like, I, I know I, that's wrong. I just can't figure out two yeah. more guys who I think belong on here because I don't want Corey Ballantyne on here.
2: I didn't have Ballantyne on. I initially had five. I put Gaines on there. Gaines seems like, again, you both mentioned he's played well. Seems like a guy, again, that fits under the, the group of guys that the Packers like and will just find a way to keep. Mm-hmm. Uh, and maybe maybe William Hooper is the like surprise wrench in the in the like everyone's predictions sixth corner they add. Yeah. Anyone think that's a possibility? It's it's a possibility as much as
1: basically anybody else is. The problem is that he's just not getting a lot of opportunities. Like he's grading yeah. out really high, but he's not playing a ton. Yeah.
3: yeah, he's out with the fours and stuff.
1: Yeah, he's played he, thirty five total snaps. He played. 33 of those in week one, two in week two. So I don't know.
3: And I'm also like not great.
1: He graded out elite in week one, but.
3: Yeah, I'm also kind of torn on just completely moving on from Shamar. You know, he's a drafted guy. It just, it feels kind of weird to just be like, nah, forget that guy. Like, I feel like that would be a tougher decision for Gutekunst to make than it seems to just give his job to gains. I don't, I, I know he hasn't played well and he's kind of an undersized guy, but just the fact that. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, it's, it's kind of a big deal to just say, I think we're done with them.
1: I mean, as I've been tweaking things as we're going along here and I have taken John Ford off of here, but I could certainly see myself putting him back on, (laughs) but doing that and, and only having four corners on the roster, I'm at 25 right there. So like keeping six guys in the safety room has a huge impact on the rest of the defensive roster. But also I don't know who I would which safety I would put below Shamar. Maybe Tarverius. Yeah. The weird thing with Tarverius is like in week one, he was like our safety two to start the game. Yeah. Like,
3: yeah. But I mean I, I think they quickly to shifted to Owens being that guy, like pretty heavily. And then most recently was, was Ford. So I mean they they rotated so much, but I, I think like the the more thing was not as much and not recently. Yeah.
1: Well, they got a call from Simone Biles. That's why they put Jonathan Owens up.
3: Right. That's the only thing I could think is is blackmail or Biles or something. I don't know.
2: Clayton, you got any? Um, maybe the entire back end of the defense?
4: For me, man, I think the answer – I think we answered it earlier. We're just trying to go against the, the grain of what the Packers usually do. I think you keep five corners. Um, I believe it was Paul Brettel saying that, Um, when he was on the show the other night that Enos Gaines was, you know, basically number two in line for that nickelback. So that makes sense. So I would go Alexander Douglas, Nixon, Valentine Gaines, and I would keep six safeties. Um, that puts 11 on the roster, which we know rich, rich Masaccia loves. And, um, I'm not saying I agree with it, but I could kind of see it playing out that way. If there, if there ever was a scenario where we kind of go against what we've done in the past, you know, as far as numbers. So that's what makes the most sense to me. Um, you're still prioritizing special teams. Shamar Jean Charles has played booty, man. I mean bad booty. like he yeah. looks horrible. He looks bad. And I'm with you, Ryan. Like it of course we'll come to the fifty-three man roster and it'd be well, obviously we kept Shamar Jean Charles because he was a draft pick. Like right. I could see that happening too. But that's that's the way I would play it, though. I'd go six safeties, five corners, and in a pinch you know, one of those uh safeties. I mean, I think we might see a little big nickel this year. You know, I think there's a chance of that. So you need that extra safety in there for that that very reason. You know, if for some reason you come across a situation where someone's trying to run heavy out of 11 personnel, you know, you it'd be nice to have an extra safety. But that's the way I see it.
1: it. It certainly makes a lot of sense, you know, and then also we're trying to balance with – we don't feel like it's a good safety room. Like we feel like it's, you know, our worst collection of players on the roster. So it's also hard to stomach the idea of playing three of them out there at (laughs) once. I I think I see the numbers the same way you do. And I would just, you know, as sort of the backup, if Innes Gaines either can't go because of health or like, he just, you know, he's just not where he was pre-injury. I think the next man up has to be Shamar. Not that any of us like it, but I feel like he, he has to be above valentine
4: yeah i would think you watch they'll keep four four corners uh four safeties and and five running <laughs> backs and we'll all be like what the hell is that? <laughs> wouldn't surprise me one bit uh, yeah, you're like right, the year you're they... right the safety position though man it's it's kind of hard to to sit back and go yeah our weakest position group let's keep the most players there right so right
2: probably.
3: yeah well and it's supposed to be against their overall philosophy of just getting the best 53 which i know is not a hundred percent how things actually work despite them saying it but i mean to some degree that is how they operate and it, it, like you said there's there's no way you can say that unless you factor in special teams which they do so that that's going to account for several of these guys not necessarily Owens or more but i feel like they're untouchable and i just can't touch them so i will which, just make fun of them incessantly until they get on the team
4: which one of these safeties can kick that's the real question right yeah, right like, <laughs> it was funny well, I was as gonna- I heard- I've heard that same joke with eight different positions. Right? It. I was going to
1: say. I mean, you know, you think back to the year when everybody's fifty-three was wrong because they cut Jake or uh, JK Scott before, yep. before oh, cut-down yeah. day, and right. you know, used his roster spot to sneak somebody onto IR. I think yeah.
0: we were
3: also we were also joking before we went on here too. If we really are needing some extra space, we could just not carry a kicker or a long snapper and that'll free up a couple spots for us. <laughs> you
1: know, I mean we don't have a long snapper anyway, so that's what I'm
0: name? saying. <laughs> right.
1: If um, if
2: anyone can kick, why do I feel like uh Austin Allen could kick? I just there's something about it. i there's something I'm like, hmm, I feel like he, he can, can be the kicker. He can clear it from seventy five. Yeah. <laughs> Big dude from Nebraska. play in Nebraska, yeah, it feels it feels no doubt. Tax, so
1: I I think likely my final 53 is only going to have five safeties on it because I think I'm going to talk myself into that eventually. But five corners and six safeties does make the most sense as I sit here today. I just think I'm going to eventually talk myself into adding another guy onto offense, you know, just to stay more in line with what they usually do and then taking that extra spot away from a safety because I just, there's, you can't get me to take one of our six edge rushers off of this roster in favor of, you know, one of these crappy safeties, like, I'm sorry, I just, I can't do it. You know, I mean, I already took off, I already took off John Ford and have us, you know, below the number of D linemen that I really think we probably should have uh, to fit six edge rushers on here. I I, I can't stomach like, doing six safeties, even though it makes a, just a, so much sense.
3: Garrett says, why hold on to lower draft picks just because when they have cut two third round picks in a short time, the best 53 will be determined by special teams performance. And I I think we generally agree that it seems silly to keep them just because they were drafted. But then I would direct your attention to guys like Jonathan Ford and potentially even Tariq Carpenter, who I mean, I know he was billed as a special teams guy, but he couldn't do it. So I think that's why we're having these discussions is because last year we all kind of felt these guys shouldn't be on and they all made it. So now we got to kind of adjust how we look at these things, not from our preference necessarily, but what it seems like the Packers are going to do.
4: Yeah, It's tough, man. The only thing worse than making a bad draft pick is refusing to admit you made a bad right? draft. Yeah. 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 No, it's true. Especially with the way they yeah. sign free agents. Goody just going straight to the bag and pulling out a Russell Douglas or a Campbell or whatever. It's right. yeah. like go back to the draft board and see who's out there that you yeah. felt pretty good about in the draft. You you miss, you miss, you know. Yep. That's yeah, true. and I'll
1: – You know, and I always I do give that sort of built-in credit from Goody to current year draft picks. I I think that kind of goes out the window if you are a year two or a year three guy who hasn't really produced. I I think you get one redshirt year, and then after that, you get to have shown something because, um, I I think you're you know Matt Lafleur probably is going to be lobbying pretty hard for can we please keep the guy who actually does stuff in practice instead of you know your pet draft pick who you know, bugs the crap out of me. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's, it's good. I think think it is
2: good. I was just going to say, I feel like that's, I feel like that's a really uh, another good point. uh, uh, Added on to the selling points, JJ, you kind of put out for Jonathan Ford. It's like, it's just, it really hasn't been there other than the, like kind of the two, the two pressures he had uh, against the Bengals. So I, I, yeah, especially if added on to all the stuff we talked about with the defensive line. So it's like for a guy like, you know, Anthony Johnson Jr., who has been left off of some predictions uh, and having them take five safeties, he's not one of them, is it just feels like that that seems out of the realm of possibility. Like you said, he's got a lot of snaps, he's got 21 snaps on special teams. Yeah. So it just feels like they're going to see like every year it's like, okay, can these sixth and seventh routers, can you guys play special teams? You know, will you commit to doing that? Can the UDFAs play special teams? Can you commit to doing that? And if they're like first year UDFAs, it's like, okay, well, if you can commit to it, all right, you're staying for a year and then it's like, all well, right, I, well, now here comes the second crop of day three guys, you know, they're gonna challenge you. Can you prove that you belong? Year two, we so. should we
1: should have that special teams contribution conversation now, I think. Looking at who has had the most opportunities on special teams, um, versus the fewest and who's done the best and worst, I think could be informative as we're trying to put this together. Yeah. Henry Pearson has had the second most opportunities in the preseason this year. And he has, I think the lowest grade out of anybody at 29.5 on special
3: teams. Um, I wonder if you should be looking at the top JJ, if you're trying to find two more corners to put on, you got Keandre Thomas is the number yeah. one on special teams. It's something to consider.
2: Yeah, that's true.
1: And Keandre, you recall last preseason, the 2022 preseason, he balled out. He was kind yeah. of, he was kind of that uh, Carrington Valentine of last year. I mean, we all thought he was making the roster. Thought he he played really well at least in the first two preseason games. I think the third one maybe you know, was not quite up to that same standard. But Keandre certainly could make a lot of sense. I mean, I, I think they probably are looking pretty frantically for another corner, and you know, maybe the fact that they brought in Elijah Hamilton this week you know supports that a little bit yeah here's what's kind of heartbreaking the uh, highest graded special team we we had the 82.7 yeah Tyler Davis
4: right we, we miss team. him yet
2: <laughs> yeah exactly well and and Melton's fourth highest yeah, yeah I've seen that so yet. that's that's the other thing yeah uh here as well and then you have of all the safeties, Benny Sapp leading the way. Yep. So wow, yeah. The DB room, it, yeah, it could get very interesting at the end of this. At the end of this roster, yeah. Week, week three will be kind of
3: interesting to see some of the snap counts and like yep. who's getting opportunities where, especially safety, because that heavy rotation of who's getting the the starting reps and everything. So yeah, we'll have to keep a close eye on that. Yeah,
1: definitely. Well, and you know. I hate to circle all the way back to wide receiver again, but you just pointed out Bo Melton, you know, being the fourth highest graded special teamer. We were talking up a storm about Malik Heath. He has a below average special teams grade. He only played seven total snaps on special teams. Didn't grade out well on them. I mean, you're talking about wide receiver six. Look, sure. It's nice that you can run block real well and you can go be a dog, but you're not gonna play special teams as wide receiver six. If like blocking and being a dog is your thing, I don't see it, man. Now
4: I'm just getting
3: depressed. I didn't, the I
2: didn't really like that. Yeah. <laughs> that last bit there. <laughs> it's okay? So true, take though. that it's true back.
1: <sighs> Look, I had to do something, to make hurts. You guys all hate me that again before uh, we got off. <laughs> of
2: uh, that one that one's hurt deep. That that was a deep cut right there. I did not I did not like that one bit. Um but but it's fair, unfortunately, and and
3: to, just to be fair, it. to kind of be biased in the other direction, he basically had a sixty PFF grade, right? It was what was it yeah. like fifty nine point seven or something? Three. Yeah, point three. I mean, it's Large. it's basically average, and he hasn't had a lot of opportunities. So, I mean, the opportunities thing is probably the biggest negative. But if they kind of push him in that direction because of what he's done, then I I feel relatively okay with it. It's not I mean, like anyone's also,
2: blowing the doors off here as far as special teams grades. It's .1 higher than Wicks. It's like .9 lower than Toure. Yeah. I was going to say, we so were like, dug Toure.
1: He's basically in the same spot. And he's played I two more say, snaps on special teams. Yeah,
3: the, the highest wide receiver. You got Grant uh, Bo Melton fourth. The next wide receiver that actually contributes is Grant twenty 29th. Then you got Samori Toure there. So yeah, I mean, the, the wide receiver's... There's not going to be a group of wide receivers where any of them further down the list are, are really doing a great yeah. job contributing, at least as it stands right now.
4: Yeah. Well, Shamar, does Shamar Jean Charles do anything good? Yeah. <laughs> yes. He's catching no. strays the entire way here. Yeah, that's
3: brutal when, when you're fighting for a job and you're like a pitiful special teamer. Yeah. It's same yes, Same for insane. Tariq, for that matter. Well, you know, looking at uh,
1: last year,
3: <laughs> he's the host. I can't do. Wow, this. yeah, he can. Oh man, wow. I'll, 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 we'll, we'll figure something. Jacob. out. Jacob, yeah. wow. <laughs> I thought he was going to bed. That's, that was that's funny.
2: Yeah. Not I mean, only that's, that's
1: is he uh, getting off our call to quote unquote go to bed, he's donating money he to try to, and kick me off the try to kick the host off. Wow, oh, you snake. All right, looking at special teams. <laughs> wow!
2: Oh, that's I have tough. to honor it. I'm sorry. still pod? did it. Wow! Kick the host it. Jeez! It says Dang he made it. pasta. Yeah, that's definitely it. That's and
3: Jacob, notice how I waited until he was starting into his very serious thing before I did it.
2: So you I, guys I just feel don't want to hear what
1: I have to say about special teams last year. I was Look, I was I, fully
2: in lock. Honestly, I was like kind of like taken aback. I was kind of surprised for a second that like <laughs> wait, what happened. Stream yeah. just died.
1: I, I, was, <laughs> I, I might have to uh, say it as fast as I can here. So twenty twenty two special teams. We bring in Rich Pasaccia. There's like no contributions from wide receivers. The wide receiver with the most. Opportunity on special teams was Amari Rogers with 85. And you got to go quite a ways down the list. I'm into the 40s. All right. The 41st most snaps on special teams to any player was Juwan Winfrey, 22 snaps on special teams. Uh, Rich Versace was not playing wide receivers on special teams at all last year. So maybe we're looking at this wrong way. Maybe wide receiver six or wide receiver five, however many they keep. Maybe that dude is not gonna be a special teams contributor for um Rich Bisaccia. I mean he's he's got a bunch of safeties, a bunch of tight yeah. ends, and a bunch of you there's know, some- kicker or uh, cor- corners and linebackers on special
4: teams last year. D B is So you're telling me there's a chance Malik Heath <laughs> makes the roster? <laughs>
3: <laughs> haven't had a wide receiver ace since jeff janis
4: <laughs> <laughs> that guy was
3: a legend
4: <laughs> yeah I, you know it's funny every time i get excited about heath i ha- it's immediately stamped into my brain is jeff janis jeff janis how how hopped everybody got over yep. jeff janis and i'm like i don't this know
1: this is the second know. time we've referenced jeff janis yep. in <laughs> comparing him to a player on
4: on this episode <laughs> I'm sure he'll pop up like a like a genie out of a bottle and play for the Jets this year. He'll just come out of nowhere. Yeah. Oh my gosh!
1: Is he still in the league? Do we know? Does he play? Does he play for anybody? Is he a lot? Oh, he's he's got a. <laughs> I think he owns like a like a mechanic shop or something. I think I'm pretty sure
2: might be. Um, um, all right, that's, that's Michigan. Pack- I think is where he's from. This is this is Packer derailed at derailed that its finest right here. <laughs> Jeff Janis into the into the web to look. Uh, for him.
1: Uh, Let's wrap
2: this up here. We got our, our
1: specialists. (laughs) All right. Kicker. Is it Anders or is it, are they bringing somebody in? Does anybody think it's not Anders? Okay. Punter. Does anybody have Dan Whelan as the punter? Was any, I was tempted. I didn't, I didn't go with him, but I I was tempted. Was anybody
3: else tempted? Uh, Very mildly, but nothing super serious.
1: Anybody at uh, long snapper go Broughton Hatcher. Or do we all go Matt Orzik? Orzik. Orzik.
2: I was, I was a little more concerned with uh, how many, do, do I go to 10 offensive linemen or, you know, 12 defensive linemen, six safeties. <laughs> than really about like, which punter <laughs> have we taken? Uh, I was, I was considering more about not taking a punter. <laughs> <laughs> so
1: so uh, a couple things we talked about before we started recording you know Eric Stokes is still on pup it doesn't make any sense to activate him before then because you would have to carry him um you know on the on the 53 to put him on IR in order for him to play later this year and uh Kenneth Odumegwu doesn't count against the roster you know it's, it's it's there's no penalty for keeping him you get that that uh spot whether he's on the 53 no you get if if you put him on the practice squad, it's a bonus practice squad spot. If you put him on the 53, he takes up a regular 53 spot. So um, it, it just doesn't make any sense to not put him on the practice squad because it's a, a free roster spot at that point.
4: Yeah. I think Garrett's got the comment of the knot right there, boys.
3: <laughs> so the last wide receiver to be good on special teams was Don Hudson. <laughs> and I'll reiterate, I don't appreciate the Jeff Janis slander. <laughs> All right, well, <laughs> this is true what
4: go to bed what is,
3: <laughs> what is happening here jeff janice owns a pokemon that rivals blake's they're both on the run from the atf true story
1: <laughs> what, what if it was anybody other than jacob i would it. just assume it was a joke but he might be
3: yeah i don't I, I have no story. idea what's real anymore <laughs>
1: All right, well, we officially managed to derail this episode. Again, if anybody has uh, suggestions for what the heck we should call this show, send us your suggestions. Otherwise, it's probably going to stay PackerNet derailed. So, I like it. I think that's uh, about as close to any kind of consensus as we can get on the 53. I think we all agree it is definitely a complete and utter mystery who the yeah. heck is going to be uh, on this roster at a lot of these spots that's it for us today we'll be right back here next week follow us on twitter at jj Leahy at pack underscore daddy at jake nfl draft and uh i actually off the top of my head i don't know what the heck jacob's twitter is and i didn't write it down Clayton, what's your twitter
4: mine is at
1: packers underscore access i didn't want to put the underscore in the wrong spot make sure you're subscribed to Packernet on itunes google play spotify or wherever you get your podcast thank you for listening until next time go pack
0: go